0: I'm really interested in the mouth as a gateway, because here's the deal. If you have gum disease, gum disease contributes to Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, heart disease, pancreatic cancer, breast cancer, lung cancer, pregnancy complications, and even colorectal cancer. Here's the thing that everyone should know. Gum disease is the body's number one source of chronic low-grade inflammation.
1: You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert, as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Hey guys, Dr. Emily Kybert here with Muscle Medicine Podcast. Today we sit down with Jerry Curtola. He has a beautiful integrative dental practice on Park Avenue in New York City, and I wish everyone around the country had access to this kind of dentistry. He's a biological restorative dentist with more than 30 years of clinical experience and full disclosure he's my dentist. In functional medicine, we often talk about the microbiome of the gut. But today, Jerry talks about the microbiome of the mouth. What is wrong with toothpaste, even many natural toothpaste products? The science behind his toothpaste, Revitin, and his 28-day program to create a healthy mouth, reduce inflammation, and prevent disease throughout the entire body. Can't wait to share this episode with you. Go to iTunes, rate and review, let us know what you think. Welcome to Muscle Medicine Podcast. We have Dr. Jerry Curtola. You have a beautiful integrative dental practice on Park Avenue in New York City called Rejuvenation Dentistry, and you are a special kind of dentist that I wish everyone around the country could have access to. You're this biological restorative dentist with more than 30 years of clinical experience. And full disclosure, you are my dentist. I feel so grateful that our paths have crossed because I would probably still be using fluoride toothpaste and Listerine <laughs> if our paths didn't cross. What would I be doing right now? So, welcome to Muscle Podcast. Thank I'm so you. excited Thank to have you. you on. It's
0: great to be here.
1: So, We hear a lot of talk today from experts in the functional medicine world about the gut microbiome and this gut-brain connection, and that the gut is the root cause of chronic disease, but you are talking about something that in the wellness world feels like the pink elephant in the room which is the mouth microbiome so can you speak to this in your book the mouth body connection and how the mouth is a mirror and a gateway
0: absolutely absolutely so i spent 20 years of my life researching the oral microbiome because about 2002 the Human Microbiome Project was underwritten by the NIH. And what we learned was radical, as radical as when Copernicus said that the Earth wasn't the center of the universe. And that was, he said, actually, the oral microbiome, basically, we discovered that we are made of bacteria, not they're in us and on us, but that we may actually have evolved from bacteria. And the mitochondria of our cells are the same shape and size as a human bacterium, and they exchange genetic information similarly, and they divide the same. They're even the same shape. So in the mouth, all of a sudden, with that understanding that we're made of bacteria, and that bacteria really run us that's a big thing. They run us. They run us. We don't run them. Oh, wow. So the bacteria in our gut actually, as you said, you know, make neurotransmitters for our brain and they produce vitamins. They they perform essential functions in the gut that really is the heart of our immune system and at a major center of biological activity in the whole body from the gut. In the mouth, these bacteria do things that... I, you know, I went to dental school thinking bacteria are bad I gotta kill them we gotta get them out we gotta kill them and so you know we had products like glycerin which you mentioned and kill germs kill germs on contact you know <laughs> and meanwhile these germs are literally keeping us alive it's
1: like that fear marketing right
0: exactly Yeah. and then we got we went from the germ theory of like all bacteria are bad kill them to the good guy bad guy theory which is the probiotic theory of like there are some some bacteria good don't kill them and then the other ones get rid of them. You know, the reality is, is that bacteria are bacteria like people. When you treat them nicely, they behave nicely. Like, like, <laughs> like, Every was New one,
1: Yorker needs this message. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: I mean, right? And the truth is is that, you know, when you piss them off, they flip a switch and they become real badass and they're those are called pathogens. So the reality is it has nothing to do that there's there's two different types, but that they are expressing themselves differently. And in the mouth, when we do things to help them and and really literally make peace with our microbes in the mouth, they do amazing things. And what we learned is that they actually take minerals from saliva to, to mineralize your teeth. So bacteria, the bacteria in your mouth, are actually a an intelligent semi-permeable membrane that helps to transport... Ionic minerals from saliva, like calcium and phosphorus, and take it to your teeth. And they also um, take oxygen to your gums and take waste products away from your gums.
1: So knowing this, how does this change how you see patients
0: and how you treat the mouth. The first thing I do is I look for signs of imbalance because disease happens when this essential ecology is out of balance. So if somebody comes in and they have gum disease and tooth decay and all these other issues... A mess. The first thing I think is we got to get this person's microbiome in balance. And how do we do that? Well, we, we have some very sophisticated methods of really helping to nourish and support and rebalance the microbiome. And that's why I, I invented a formulation that does that. And it's called Revitin. I use it every day. You are. Your teeth look beautiful. Multiple
1: times. A I, everybody
0: day. should see your teeth. You're, <laughs> you're like a. Mom. I want you to wear a sign that says, I go to Dr. Curatol's. I know. I need, I need a little like sh- a little shirt with a logo. Oh, God. I wish every patient had teeth as beautiful as yours. So
1: my whole family uses it. Like, I converted my husband, my three year old.
0: Wow. My one-year-old grandson is yeah. a vibing freak. He like, and and the <laughs> thing is, I invented this stuff because I laid in bed, and I, I swear to you, this was what I, I was laying in bed, and I had just finished Harvard Medical School's program in complementary and alternative medicine. I was the only dentist wow. there. Wow! Yeah, amazing. I'd gone up there. This Dr. David Eisenberg was really ahead of his time, along with like Andy Weil and these guys. They actually started the first. Program in complementary and alternative medicine, CAM is what it was called. Yeah. Then it became complementary and integrative. Then it was just integrative. Then they called it functional medicine. And now we (laughs) call it biologic. (laughs) So, of course, everyone's confused, but it's definitely good because this type of medicine looks at root causes of disease and doesn't just treat the symptoms. Yeah. So, there's a lot of, unfortunately, in our conventional healthcare system, we treat symptoms and we give people drugs. And then we give them drugs for drugs because the drug has a side effects. So we give them another drug. Right. And, and so it opened my eyes. This program really opened my eyes. And I laid in bed one morning and I said, I really have to change what people are brushing their teeth with because toothpaste was invented by soap makers 100 years ago. All right. I did not know that. Yes. And Colgate and Procter & Gamble and these companies, they were detergent companies. And the idea was, oh, you need something to clean your mouth because you got to clean your mouth out. Except- Detergent doesn't do a good job of respecting the microbes. Right. And that's why I started playing around with formulations that were more nutritional. And without a detergent base, I basically started with the nutritionals, put them together and had people start to rub their gums. And I noticed that their gums stopped bleeding in six minutes. You call it the gum mask. I call it the gum mask. I love it. The (laughs) antioxidant gum mask.
1: (laughs) So can you share a couple things, unless it's top secret, that are in Revitin that are amazing for your mouth microbiome?
0: Absolutely, I can. We had three patents. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you what we're working on now, but the approach of Revitin, which is it is really prebiotic in nature. And the prebiotics are very interesting because everyone's heard of probiotics thanks to the yogurt companies. You know, they <laughs> like, oh, you got good probiotics. It's like dead stuff in yogurt. Know, <laughs> you know, so. like, uh,
1: like you have to eat gallons eat, just to eat,
0: get like right. one little. <laughs> exactly, <telworth. laughs> exactly. Well, this is good for you. Just eat, the, eat that yeah. Dan and yogurt. But I do thank Dan and yogurt for really doing a great campaign of getting people used to thinking that bacteria could be good. Yeah. So it started them changing their mentality of, ooh, RAID, spray RAID, get rid of it, you know, Lysol bathroom spray and all this stuff. That was the same thing they were putting in toothpaste. So triclosan, which is the ingredient in the number one brand of toothpaste, Colgate Total, is actually a non-biodegradable pesticide, which the FDA has banned in everything, including Lysol spray, arid antibacterial underarm deodorant and everything, except it's still in toothpaste. So you could stick it in your mouth, but you can't rub it under your arm.
1: That's so crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. It was crazy. And you you kind of wonder, you know, I mean, I do believe they're going to change that. They had a lot of studies to show that they killed plaque better you know they killed plaque better except killing plaque is not what it's about it's about making peace with that plaque because plaque is an unhealthy expression of the human oral microbiome so when it's thick and sticky and smelly like you feel on your teeth in the morning it's out of balance when you use revitin you will wake up in a few days and you'll feel like your teeth are clean. Yeah. And the reason is, is when the microbi- oral microbiome is in balance, it's a low film thickness and it's a clear, thin, odorless film that protects you. It's like this beautiful, protective field that of intelligence. You know, that's the other thing, is that I believe bacteria are our connection to each other and our connection to the cosmos.
1: So when we are using regular toothpaste, we are stripping the teeth of that film.
0: Killing, denaturing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) destroying. What people don't realize is that, you know, there's natural toothpaste that does the same thing. Yes.
1: So that was what I was wondering. There's like tea tree oil. Charcoal toothpaste. There's like it's like exploded.
0: Yeah, I mean tea tree oil could blind your dog, could you know, I mean it's very, you know, you can't if you got it in your eye, it would it would be Very painful. So tea tree oil, which is a pretty plant from Australia for the tea tree plant, it's a very powerful antiseptic. So if you had an active infection on your skin, you might use a little tea tree oil there just because you know a little drop. Yeah. But you don't want to brush with it every day because you're nuking. You're literally doing a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> on your on your on your oral microbiome you know
1: so equally as harmful as like a toothpaste with fluoride
0: yeah now fluoride is a, a that's another whole subject which we can talk about you know we thought fluoride was a really good idea when we started with it because it's we observed that teeth remineralize really quickly mm. when you use fluoride the problem is it's a one it's a toxic chemical so we actually had to put a poison warning on toothpaste with fluoride. It says warning, you know, keep out of reach of children, use a pea-sized amount, and if more than that is swallowed, call your poison control center right away. And people were like, what? I mean, what about all the There's kids that are brushing my kid, their... My kid loves yeah. that bubblegum crust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the reason is, is because there was a product that came out, and I probably shouldn't bash any company. I really don't want to bash any companies. Sure. Because... I'd like to believe that everybody's heart was in the right place. It's just we know better now. Right. And so if we know better now, let's all get along and make the world a better place and get them. I'm hoping Revitin will get them to change what they're doing and it might usher in a much better preventative therapeutic oral care market.
1: Yeah. I mean, what about natural stuff like coconut oil pulling? Oh, good one. Or uh,
0: like charcoal. Uh, Charcoal? I mean- Good one. What what do you think of those? A lot of that is right, church, wrong, pew. So coconut oil, coconut oil is a great power food. I mean, I love it. It's in my book, you know, the power food in the book. Yeah. My book, The Mouth-Body Connection by Hashed. You can get it on Amazon.
1: (laughs) We're going (laughs) to drop the link in the show notes so everyone can find it. Absolutely. Without a doubt.
0: Shameless self-promotion. Shameless.
1: It's all right. Listen, it takes a lot of energy to write a book. I don't know how people do it it these days. You want to know it took
0: me three years. I ripped up two manuscripts. It was, you know, it is a lot of work. Yeah. And finally it came out, but actually getting back to coconut, coconut oil is among like nine superfoods I have in my book. Like avocado and da, 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 da. There's a bunch of really... For me, powerful foods that are antioxidant rich, alkalizing and anti-inflammatory, the triple A nutrition that I always focused on. And the problem is, is that coconut oil in your mouth, that's not Ayurveda, you know, really kind of said you need a clean mouth for a clean body. Yeah. And so diet can really shift pH and cause problems in the mouth. When the oral microbiome is out of balance, coconut oil is really good, not because it has some magical thing that cures cancer, but because it is a detergent that helps to remove that unhealthy plaque. So I would recommend people who do coconut for all you coconut oil pulling people, <laughs> you could do it for a couple of weeks and then lay off because you're going to shift the balance. From hypertrophic, which is that thick, sticky, scary film, to atrophic, which is like a desert. Oh, no. Where your teeth get sensitive and you get erosion and you get gum recession. So you don't want to overdo it on the coconut oil.
1: Plus the gum recession, you can't like regrow the gums back down, right?
0: No. Well, actually we couldn't, but there is a technique that was developed by a periodontist Hmm. called the pinhole technique that can actually pull, like almost like pull your pants back up. You know, it can like pull your gums back up against (laughs) against your teeth. It's called a pinhole technique. But so we do it in our office and we get some really beautiful results for people who've had severe recession. Amazing. Yeah.
1: So people that you see that have this chronic, oral disease, is it a sign that there's inflammation throughout the entire body? Are you kind of like seeing that mirror into the mouth? It's like, oh Oh. my God, there's something deeper going on here. Yeah,
0: so that mirror gateway thing that I talked about, that's the topic of my book, The Mouth-Body Connection. I'm on Amazon. Yeah, We'll drop it in the show notes. Don't get it on Amazon. Amazon has enough business. You can get it anywhere. Barnes & Noble, anywhere. (laughs) So that whole mirror and gateway is really fascinating because 80% 80% of systemic disease has manifestations in the mouth. So what? I mean like even like everything from diabetes, tuberculosis, leukemia, lymphoma. Obesity? I actually diagnosed a patient Get out. with lymphoma in the mouth and got him to Sloan Kettering who gave him like a little chemo cocktail, very mild because I caught it very early. Wow. And they never had a dentist diagnose a lymphoma in the mouth. The oncologist called me, and said, "How do you know?" And I was like, "I felt these lumps, and I felt, you know, how they were not moving, and and da 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 da." And I was like, "You know, I just had a feeling that this was this was not normal. This was abnormal, and it should definitely be identified." So we had a biopsy, and then after the biopsy, it turned out that it was lymphoma. But anyway, so
1: lucky. Yeah, not lucky, but like lucky for him to have you as his dentist with the knowledge to diagnose that.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. My my wife just ran into him <laughs> recently He said, Your husband saved my life. There you, you know, go. So and that's great. I mean, look, we're in the business of helping people and that's always great. So looking at the mouth as a mirror for what's going on in the body, I could see diabetes. Wow. You know, you could see all kinds of vitamin B twelve deficiency, you know, you could see in the mouth.
1: What do you literally see in the mouth? And you're thinking, hmm, maybe diabetes. Is it like the gums are red or the tongue is swollen? Inflammation. Like what
0: it look- yeah, there's all different types of inflammation. So there's generalized inflammation, then inflammation about certain teeth, inflammation under old dentistry that's not done well, you know, all these kinds of things. So inflammation comes in many shapes and sizes and forms and things like that. But I'm really interested in the mouth as a gateway because here's the deal. If you have gum disease... Gum disease contributes to Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, heart disease, pancreatic cancer, breast cancer, lung cancer, pregnancy complications, and even colorectal cancer. Here's the thing that everyone should know. Gum disease is the body's number one source of chronic low-grade inflammation. And that is like a silent alarm bell. So it's chronic, meaning it's there for a long time. It's low grade, which means that it's sort of under the radar. I mean, gum disease doesn't hurt usually. You know, it only hurts if there's an infection. But gum disease basically is a silent, painless disease. You know, and then people are like, I have people come in and they're like, they had not been to the dentist in 10 years. And they go, you know, my my teeth are moving. And I think I need braces. And I'm like, this is beyond braces. Uh, You have no bone left around your teeth, so there's nothing supporting them. So if you could picture it like a nail and a board, when you lose bone, you lose more of the board, and now you have more of the nail sticking out. Right. And so a nail that's only sticking in the board by a smidge, you know, by a fingernail, you can probably pull out with your fingers. And that's what goes on in the mouth with gum disease. It's a major cause of bone loss. But this inflammatory response is really interesting the inflammatory response of, for example, these bacteria, this inflammation triggers the liver to release C-reactive protein, CRP, and and it has major ravaging effects on the circulatory system. These pathogens actually get into the bloodstream and lodge themselves in plaques around the heart and all this stuff, and a major cause of atherosclerosis, yeah. hardening of the arteries. So that's the kind of stuff that I look at now considering this startling statistic over 80% of the American adult public has gum disease. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, how about that? I
1: didn't know that.
0: And it, it starts it could be as little as gingivitis or it could be advanced periodontitis. But 80%, so that's what started me on what's wrong with this picture. Because when I came out of dental school in 1983, I was 12. <laughs> I was like Doogie Hauser, okay? Right? I was Doogie Hauser. <laughs> And it was over 80% then. It's like, wait a minute. Why couldn't we conquer this thing in the 35 years I've been, 36 years I've been practicing? Yeah. And the reason is because everything we thought we knew was wrong. Like bacteria are bad, for example. Oh, right.
1: Yeah. Like- Dose it with antibiotics right.
0: every single time. And then we started saying, well, you know, maybe that's not strong enough to kill the microbiome. Let's, let's, let's use something stronger and let's add this chemical and then come to, to kill, kill, kill. Right. And it really just was not only ineffectual, but harmful.
1: So when we talk about this low grade inflammation, what are some of, I know you have like top five toxicities, Right. Yes. What, what are some of
0: these? Can we break them down? You know what? Most functional medicine doctors I talk to all agree that the mouth has more toxicity than any other place in the body. Really? Yeah, like the major source of toxicity. Like I have functional medicine doctors who will not even treat sick patients unless they get their mouths in order. Because. Here are, I'm going to, I'm going to roll them off. Let's roll them off. Let's do it. Well, we had this great idea in around the time of the civil war to not put lead in teeth anymore. So we decided to use mercury fillings that are called dental amalgam and they're 52% mercury. They're 26% silver. So if your dentist says, I'm going to give you a silver filling, he's misrepresenting what that material is. Right. So I have no shame in saying it's a mercury filling. It's more than half mercury. And that mercury is the most neurotoxic element on earth.
1: So literally creates like inflammation in the nervous system and the brain. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it passes the blood it has an affinity for neural tissue. And you know, the American dental session takes a very, you know, if I tell a patient take a filling out because it has mercury in it, and there's no other problem. Thank God there are always problems with amalgams because <laughs> they weaken teeth. There are cracks. They, they, they actually undermine teeth. Oh, wow. It's one of the weakest restorations, even though it stays in the mouth the longest. Wow! It weakens the tooth the most. So they did a study at the university of Minnesota with three teeth and they put a, an amalgam filling, a mercury filling in one. Yeah. They put a bonded filling in one they, and they had a virgin tooth and they put compressive force. And the first tooth to crack and fall apart, was the tooth with the amalgam filling. Wow! The second tooth to break apart, this is really interesting, was the virgin tooth. But the tooth that had the bonded restoration, the bonded composite restoration, actually increased what they called intercuspal stiffness, and it was the most resistant to fracture. Oh, wow. So, if we're going to restore a tooth, let's use material that makes the tooth stronger. But anyway, amalgam, dental amalgam. When I was in dental school, they said the mercury was magically locked in. <laughs> <laughs> then they got, we got pretty sophisticated. We we could measure the mercury vapor coming off the tooth. You know, the big argument is, well, why don't all of us get sick then? Well, first of all, it's a bio-load, it is a toxin. and the amount that makes you sick for one person is not the same as another person. Some person may have a mouthful of amalgam fillings. Another person may have one or two. One thing we know for sure, mercury is the most neurotoxic element on earth. And if you're sick and they can't find out why, you have to start looking at stealth sources of infection and of disease, stealth sources of toxicity and and disease. So, Mercury is always like top on my list as a metal that, you know, I believe should be avoided. And I believe that it's sort of bizarre that we're, that 46% of dentists are still sticking them in teeth. That
1: blows my mind. Yeah.
0: That's 46%. Insane. Wow. And there's three reasons, in my opinion. One, they're relatively cheap and insurance loves to pay for it because it stays in the mouth forever. And you don't need a lot of skill to put a to put an amalgam filling in. A monkey could put it in with their thumb. <laughs> Dentists <laughs> did; they used to put it in with their thumb. I actually saw some old amalgams <laughs> with thumbprints in them. Oh
1: goodness! <laughs> so, should everyone be getting them out if they already have them in their mouth already? I would,
0: I would say this. I would say that everyone should really evaluate. Our bodies are eighty-six percent of us are genetically programmed to be able to chelate. Heavy metals from the body. We have a, the ApoE4 gene. We're able to chelate, but 14% can't chelate. And these people suffer. And that's what we knew, is that these people do suffer. And they call it in the ADA's website, it'll say, you know, mercury fillings are safe. They've been proven safe, and they're this safe, and they're safe. But if you have an allergy, you know, you should think about getting them out. So that allergy may actually be a deficiency of the ApoE4 gene. So my position on dental amalgam is I am legally not able to tell a patient to have them removed. I can have my license revoked. Wow. Yeah. But I do give people the facts, and I have them make the decision. Fortunately, I'm able to examine patients who have amalgams in for 25 years, and and we're able to detect with new instruments like the Carrie's View and other instruments we use in our office. We're able to see decay. We're able to see microfractures, and we're able to see failures before other dentists could with their naked eye.
1: I feel like this is an occupational hazard for you oh. drilling them out. No? Yes. Like the dentists of the world should also know this message.
0: Yes. Which is why we basically wear a hazmat suit. We follow a protocol called we're smart certified Okay. practice. And it stands for safe mercury amalgam removal technique. And there's a protocol that's been established by an organization called the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, iaomt.org. And people can go to that website and find a dentist that's removing it in a safe way. Because the greatest amount of mercury comes off when you are d- drilling it out Yeah. So we use a special technique to drill it out called chunking, taking it out in chunks, and not kind of doing a not microfibering, yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) aerosolizing
0: it. (laughs) And then the second thing is we give the patient an alternative air supply, usually oxygen, and we are also giving them some activated charcoal and chelating agents. But we protect ourselves with a mask that has a ventilator, and I protect my entire office and the air in the room is ionized because mercury vapor is positively charged. This thing sends out negative ions, which bind to it and bring it to another electrostatic plate so that basically the air is even being filtered. And we have a a high-speed vacuum thing that goes over the mouth besides the suction.
1: So if there's a dentist that's removing these fillings and they don't have this protocol, you should probably search for someone with this protocol. Yes,
0: smart. Smart certified. Smart certified safe mercury amalgam removal technique.
1: Yeah, so when I saw my functional medicine doctor, Gabrielle Lyon, we did a heavy metal test and it came back with it was like mercury, arsenic, lead. And I'm thinking, those three
0: go together, by the way. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh, I they didn't really know that. do. It's interesting. There's actually arsenic and lead in, in water, and it's very interesting because the fluoride that we put in the water in New York City, for example, and in Flint, Michigan, is actually an acid. It's a, it's a waste product. It's called hydrofluorosilicic acid. It's so toxic that they have to wear hazmat suits to dump it into the water. Oh, my God. And it's all under the banner of preventative dentistry, which most of the research has emerged that fluoride is an abject failure. There's a lot of defensiveness about it because it's very politically charged. And a lot of dentists have drank the Kool-Aid and then like, yeah, this is good. This is good. Meanwhile, it's now over 60% of adolescent children have teeth damaged by fluoride. It's called fluorosis. And then fluorosis is really interesting. They call it a cosmetic defect. So, organized dentistry license, well, it's a, it's a cosmetic defect. So, maybe we should cut down on the amount of fluoride they're getting. In actuality, it's a, it's a hypocalcification that makes teeth more brittle and it makes them more prone to decay, the very thing they were given a toxic chemical to prevent. So, I was always a very big fluoride supporter until I have seen the scientific research. Wow. So by the mid-90s, I was really, I never kind of got why we're dumping a chemical in the water to medicate a population without their consent. Yeah. Like automatically, it's almost unconstitutional. Yeah. It really is. And now that I've seen the data, first of all, the toxicity of it, fluoride is the most highly reactive non-radioactive element in the periodic table. So the reason why it very quickly gets assimilated into teeth and bone, because teeth and bone are made of hydroxyapatite. So it's an I don't want to get into a chemistry class, but it's an OH minus with an AP plus. The problem is the F minus of fluorine. Fluoride is a made-up word. It's really fluorine on the periodic table. Fluorine is more highly reactive then the hydroxy element, the OH minus, which comes from water. Mm-hmm. So it becomes fluorapatite really quickly. So when we saw that happen, we were like, wow, this stuff must be really good. Because <laughs> And then it makes teeth very hard, teeth and bones, very, very hard. But we didn't study tensile strength. So there have been studies on tensile strength of fluoridated enamel and fluoridated bone. And it's 30% weaker in tensile strength, which is why we have an astronomical amount of hip fracture rates and knee replacements yes. and all this skeletal fluorosis problems along with dental fluorosis teeth break all the time they crack and the enamel is very hard the biggest problem i find diagnostically with fluoride is you can't see underneath the enamel when you take a dental checkup x-ray so we don't even find those useful we use infrared devices that can show decay Onto fluoridated enamel.
1: So these chemicals that are dumped in the water. What do you do? You have a water filter?
0: Yes. Okay. okay. So let's talk about this because you know what? There's some naturally occurring fluoride in the in the environment, and our bodies do need a trace amount of fluoride. The problem is, we're literally putting a match out with a fire hose right now, and and the problem is is using it, you know, for remineralization of teeth and bone. Mm-hmm. Really isn't as great as we once thought it was because hydroxyapatite is a much better mineral than fluorapatite. So, turning our bodies into a skeletal system and teeth and bone of fluorapatite is a disaster. You know, you don't want to do that. So, all of the studies we looked at were hey, it was good. And then, you know, what happened is, is when we saw that fluoride had benefits, it became very convenient to take a toxic waste product and find a convenient dumping ground under the banner of, you know, doing something good to give people fluoride. The problem is is it's not good at all. And that chemical that they put in the water is very acidic. And there are studies that are finding that, like, for example, the lead crisis in Flint, Michigan. And yeah. The lead I'm, crisis. A,
1: I'm a Michigander.
0: There you go. So what there's suspicion is that the hydrofluorosilicic acid that's added has a corrosive capability right. on municipal water pipes, which many of them have lead. And the, New York City is experiencing the same problem, by the way. Stop it. it has already been studied. Just Google it, and you'll see. And there are water fountains that kids are drinking in schools, you know, where the lead's coming out. There's there's all of a sudden this lead, 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 and people are showing up in their blood. They're getting their blood tested. And there's like, whoa, there's a high level of lead and arsenic. So arsenic trifector. is in this. Yeah, so you got mercury, lead, and, and arsenic. So... I think I talked about the two dental dangers. Dental danger number one, I was talking about dental mercury yeah. and why that is. And dental danger number two, I talked about fluoride, which we thought was such a good thing. yeah. And now we know that there are a host of issues surrounding it where it's not. right. And the best way to remineralize your teeth is to help... Remember what I said earlier is that the bacteria actually take minerals from saliva and bring it to the surface of enamel. You're your teeth are constantly in a process of remineralization there's constantly with bone resorption and deposition of new bone so people think like your teeth are there and they're just there and you know they're like dead it's like, uh, they, like they, dead they grow and contract and, and you know but, but our teeth and bones are vital organs yeah. that that have this vitality that that has a metabolism of mineralization you know for example when you get a cavity there is a whole healing process that goes on with that cavity there's the formation of secondary dentin from the pulp of the tooth to kind of protect the nerve so all of this goes on and it all kind of the you know the wheels come off the wagon when diet is out of control and the microbiome is out of balance that's when you start to see some some bad things happening but I am going to go on to my last two. Okay, <laughs> so we have dangers. mercury. Fluoride. We have
1: fluoride.
0: Did we do the third one?
1: I don't think we did the third one yet. What's the
0: third one? We didn't do the third one. The third one, well, I always call gum disease a dental danger because yeah. gum gum disease is a major source of chronic low-grade inflammation. It also, you know, it has a very debilitating effects on the entire body. So I call it a dental danger for the whole body. So you have mercury fluoride, gum disease. There's a lot of interest right now, primarily because of our improved diagnostic capabilities to look at the mouth in 3D. So there's a CBCT, cone beam, which is is a device. Yeah. And if... People haven't had one. It would be very interesting for them to do that, a cone beam. And that is a 3D x-ray. It's oh. a 3D x-ray. But what it shows is amazing things that we never see on 2D x-rays. We rarely see. I, I'm starting to see them because I've been looking at enough cone beams where I'm starting to see, oh, wow, yeah, that isn't scar tissue. Wow, that isn't kind of an anomaly in the bone. It's actually a lesion in 3D. So it's basically a 3D x-ray. Right. So if a cavity is a hole in a tooth, a cavitation is a hole in the jaw. We were never taught this in dental school. And, and, but actually, it was, it was talked about by the father of modern dentistry, G.V. Black, back in the early 1900s. He said that he found lesions in the jaw where there was no fever, no swelling, and, and no pain. So no fever, swelling, pain. But they were there. And this is a really fascinating, interesting anomaly that has been looked at now, but as a root cause of a lot of systemic issues. For example, bacteria, mold, candida, like even Lyme spirochetes, foreign matter have been found in these jaw cavitations. We call it jaw osteonecrosis. So it's like little pockets in your jaw bone. Yeah, and they form for a number of reasons. The most common area of jaw cavitations, or J-O-N, jaw osteonecrosis, is in the third molar areas. And we're finding that, you know, in the old days, they, they took a tooth out and... And they scraped around a little bit in there and take a tooth out, scrape around a little bit in there. And then here, bite on this gauze and you're going to get a blood clot. And then the blood clot help is the first stage of healing. Then the gums grow over and the bone fills in. However, what we find is that that doesn't happen. Actually, some people, they get what's known as an osteitis or a dry socket. And that's really painful. Because it's a real, you know, it's like the bone is exposed, the bone's not healing. And so a lot of dentists use something called dry socket paste, which is like a calming balm in there. and You know, let it start to heal. The problem is, is that that stuff, I've actually seen that come out years later. It was like entombed in this cavitation. It looks like black motor oil. And you can even look, see some of these images online uh, if you Google jaw cavitations. Wow. Some wild stuff. So we, we didn't really have an ability to see these. If this was suspected in someone, they, we would inject a, a dye, and then we would take an X-ray and see where the dye's going. And But now we don't need to do that because we can actually do a non-invasive cone beam, CBCT, and we could see exactly where these big black open holes in the jaw are that are not related to a type, what we call type four bone, which is type one bone is like plywood type four bone is like wispy. And so that, was a categorization. What we're finding now is that these are well defined lesions that are not generalized, that are in areas where maybe prior surgery was done or forming around a failing root canal, which is going to be another dental danger we're <laughs> going to talk about in a minute.
1: So, if someone, let's say someone, is struggling with Lyme's disease or mold. And they've kind of done the typical protocol and tried to detox their body and take binders and you know go through different protocols to rid their body of that, but they're still having symptoms. This could be potentially
0: why. Yeah, because they're like they're like caves. Uh, jaw cavitations are like caves in the jaw that are they're warm, dark, moist places that. It's a nice place for It
1: literally
0: is a cave <laughs> Nice, Yeah, it's like a cave in the jungle yeah. So it's a nice place for Lime Spire Crete's to hang out If they can have access there Which many times they do Because in the, the For example, the sulcus of a second molar they What's find the a sulcus way, of a second oh, molar? Yeah, yeah, that was just a ridiculous thing I said <laughs>
1: I was like because I learned know, teeth and chiropractic hey, school Hey, how's your but sulcus
0: I, of your second <laughs> molar there? <laughs>
1: Yeah, what is the sulcus of the second molar?
0: It's the gum pocket around. The gum pocket, got it. Around, but you know what? I am really sorry for talking dental.
1: No, it's okay. (laughs) This is like a a deep dental download. I feel like everyone should know this knowledge.
0: But the other thing is, is that sometimes they form while it's healing. These bacteria go right into... You know, if you think about it, it's an open wound and while it's healing. Another problem.
1: That's so, it's like, now, it's like this like residual pocket that you don't even know is there unless you get this 3D dental. Yes. Oh, that's scary. It is scary. That's it is scary. scary.
0: There's so many things that people are unaware of that. Podcasts like this. <laughs> with experts like you. Yes. With experts like me.
1: Yeah. So what's the fifth dental danger?
0: Well, I just touched upon it. Yeah. you I've become, you know, after doing dentistry for 36 years and being a seeker of the truth, a only seeker 36. of knowledge, only 36. <laughs> you don't I know. look it. I would never know. I know. I was, did I say 12? I was I really know. nine. <laughs> 36 years. I can't believe it. But I you know, used to do a lot of root canals and thinking like, well, you know, root canal, we saved the tooth, the patient doesn't have pain, tooth is in the head, it must be okay. And the reality is, now we're finding that what a root canal tooth is, it's a non-vital tooth that's basically necrosing in the jaw and so it's kind of like rotting. Yeah, I was on the phone with a oral pathologist who was Examining, I sent I biopsy around when I remove debris. For example, I was doing a jaw cavitation, and there was a foreign matter in there, and I sent it for biopsy, and the pathologist calls up and said, where did you get this from? This is bizarre. It was a um, like a fiberglass material, and it was in the jaw. Oh, my God. And it was preventing that area from healing. Wow. And the patient had all kinds of weird you know, weird symptoms and things. And, and the medical doctor referred and said, look, I want to rule out anything in the mouth. Yeah. And so we did a CBCT, we found the cavitation, we went in there. And and I said, wow, now that's really interesting. I was removing this foreign matter from a, a jaw cavitation in an, in a wisdom tooth site that was done. The wisdom tooth extraction was done years ago. But then we started talking and she said, you know, and I said, you know, I'm seeing, you know, really the overfills of root canals. Like we use this filling material, it goes through the root, it actually goes into the bone. And they're like, oh, it's okay, it doesn't hurt. But the reality is, so this oral pathologist from New York University said to me, we call root canal the voodoo that you do. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what was that? The voodoo that you do? And she said, yeah, it's the voodoo that you do. She said, you know, we just see so much toxicity and and bacteria that harbor around these root canal teeth. So, you know, there's been books out, The Toxic Tooth and all this other stuff. And, you know, people don't realize root canals have only been around, you know, they've been around less than 100 years. The modern root canal has started around the 1940s. And we thought we were getting really sophisticated at filling them. But the other part of it is, is when you go into a tooth with a dental abscess around the root, and we fill the tooth, we think that the abscess magically goes away because we've taken away the source of where the abscess came from. The problem is, is that abscess around the root is pretty entrenched in the bone, in that area. Many times it walls itself off. It may even be cystic, forming a cyst. And it gets larger over time. And there are people that have all kinds of complaints about teeth that have root canals. There's even some scary studies that have been done where a tooth has had a root canal corresponds to an organ. Like there's a tooth organ relationship. Oh. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. So
1: like someone would have gotten a root canal at a certain area and then they're potentially having... Sp- Something going on with an organ related to. Yes, so to a, a
0: dentist did a statistical analysis of, for example, the upper first and second molars connect to the right breast or the or the left breast. Oh,
1: okay.
0: And he found eighty six percent. He did two hundred and eighty five women that had breast cancer, and he found. 80-some-odd percent had root canals on one of their upper right first molar, upper left first molar, which was absolutely bizarre. And I think there are a lot of other factors in control. So I don't want to say if you have a root canal, you're going to get breast cancer. That's not it at all. What it is, is that now we know there are nerve vascular bundles around teeth. So if there's a toxicity around one tooth, it actually can weaken an energy field around a certain organ so you know we know that there's acupuncture meridians and these are energetic pathways and we're basically now energetic beings you know we 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 are not just now we have always been but now we understand that we're energetic beings and you know we're we're looking at each other here yeah we're a bunch of spinning electrons
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what's would you want people to know about their dental health? Like, if there was anything that they could do that would improve not only their teeth, their gum health, and their overall health, because now we know that the mouth is the mirror in the gateway to the rest of the body, what would you want people to know? Like, if it was just like one thing?
0: I think nutrition is the best way to clean up our acts. Really in, in every which way. I mean, eating in community versus eating alone even makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. What we eat, you know. I mean, if we if we are craving carbohydrates, it's the bacteria that are craving those carbohydrates. So you're probably loaded with maybe even candida or something like that. Yeah. Antioxidant rich, alkalizing, anti-inflammatory diets seem to do great things for balancing out and nourishing and replenishing the indigenous microbes that live in and on our bodies. And uh, I find that eliminating toxicity, improving your diet and nutrition, getting regular exercise and managing your stress are the four pillars of living a longer, healthier life. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much. I just learned like so much (laughs) this episode. (laughs) Thank you for being My pleasure. on. That My was My pleasure. It's
0: great to be here.
1: All right, guys. So we have a contest for Muscle Medicine Podcast. So go to iTunes, rate and review. We love to hear what you have to say about muscle medicine. And then if you want to win a tube of Jerry's toothpaste and his book, Mouth Body Connection, after you rate and review, go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash M dash body. I'll have it on Instagram. I'll have it on the show notes. Can't wait for you guys to hear what you guys have to say about this episode and go ahead, and enter that contest.